We who are the spiritually circumcised are God's children. Genesis chapter 17 verses 1 to 14 When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant, to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan, as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God." And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep, between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised, every male child in your generations. He who is born in your house or bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendant. He who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money must be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. I have no doubt God will give everything we need for evangelism. We have been distributing our mission books for the spreading of the gospel of the Lord all over the world and at this rate even $20,000 will not suffice for postage every month. So we have decided not to send out books this week due to our worsening financial situation. It makes me sad to think that people who have ordered our gospel mission books would not get them, so I thought about sending our books to those who have not received many books from us so far, unlike the USA and Ghana. Sending out books of the Lord's Gospel is so very costly, but I believe it is mandatory for us to do this. We cannot just give up because of our little efforts to collect more funds to spread the Gospel. If we carry on our task, we can bring to Christ many people who will receive the remission of sins. Since it costs so much to spread the gospel, one of our evangelists once said that the great King Sejong, whose name is printed on the 10,001 bill, is essential in the spreading of the gospel. It is so true. We need a lot of money to spread the gospel in these days. Every month we need about a million dollars to spread the gospel.
This means we need $12 million a year. If this is our situation, we should pray to God for much more money. To him, there is no difference in asking for a dime or asking for a billion dollars. This huge difference can be perceived among human beings, but our almighty God does not look at them differently. So let's pray that we will receive more than enough financial resources so that we can spread the gospel all over the world sufficiently. I have no doubt that God will do it for us. As I mentioned earlier, we need at least a million dollars a month to send sermon books on the tabernacle all over the world. You might think this is a lot of money, but in reality, it is not even enough for a pack of gum if the money were to be used for world mission. This amount may look huge, but it is not a waste of money if we used it to spread the gospel to the world. This is because the Bible tells us that a soul is more precious than the whole world. Matthew chapter 16 verse 26. Now all we have to do is to pray to God for these funds, seek and challenge to get it by faith. We are going to run a waterproofing company on a grand scale throughout the country. We will make a homepage and launch a corporation with a country, wide network of branches that will carry on business independently. Then we will be able to be contractors for big waterproofing projects. From there we can make a huge amount of money. I hope that our wood boiler company, another business of ours, will be successful. This is indeed a promising business and I believe we will make a more innovative model soon. Anyway, we have to pray to God to receive even more money and challenge it by faith. Even though the reality is not so promising, my heart is peaceful. What if we lack the necessary money? I believe God will accomplish our truthful desires someday. I am also hopeful for our literature ministry. When we have the sermon books on the tabernacle published, we can finish a year's work within a month. I believe it will have a great impact all over the world. So, I want you to pray and unite with the church even for small matters. We are all insufficient and cannot do everything on our own. However, God will grant us the ability to carry out this entrusted work without any problems once he approves our plans and joins us. We believe that the Almighty God will be on our side. God appeared before Abraham and gave his promise. Now let's look at today's word. Today I am going to talk about Genesis chapter 17. God appeared before Abraham and gave his word of promise. He said, I will be your God and the God to all your descendants. I will give the land of Canaan to you and your descendants. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations from you and kings shall come from you. God gave Abraham such a promise. The following word was given to Abraham when he was 99 years old. I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenants between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. 
Genesis chapter 17 verse 1 to 2. God then continued to say, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Genesis chapter 17 verses 4 to 8. God himself made a promise with Abraham that he would make him exceedingly fruitful and he would make nations from Abraham and kings would come from him. He would establish his covenants between him and Abraham and his descendants after him in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to Abraham and his descendants after him. Genesis chapter 17 verse 6 to 7. The sign of God's covenant was circumcision. God's covenant with Abraham was for him and his descendants to be circumcised. On condition that they become circumcised, God gave his promise that he would be the God to Abraham and his descendants and that he would be fruitful and that the land of Canaan would belong to Abraham's descendants and that kings would come from Abraham. God said, You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised, every male child in your generations. He who is born in your house or bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendant. Genesis chapter 17 verse 11 to 12. What does this all mean? God commanded that every male child should be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. He said it would be the sign of his covenant with Abraham. Since God said, I will be your God, you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins and let my covenant be in your flesh. Whoever is circumcised belongs to me. I am the God of the circumcised. Thus all men in the household of Abraham were circumcised. Circumcision is now a common practice all over the world. People these days choose to do this for health and other benefits, but in the days of the Old Testament, only the Israelite men were circumcised. God said, You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Genesis chapter 17 verse 11. By this he meant, How can I know you are my people? I can know this from your circumcision. Therefore this circumcision was God's covenant and the sign of his miracle. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. Then my covenant will be in your flesh to become an everlasting covenant. I gave you my promise that I would be God to you and your descendants. 
I will make you fruitful and lead you to the land of Canaan and raise kings of nations through your people. This is what God promised to Abraham. He said that the covenant with Abraham and his descendants was in their flesh. In other words, God's covenant is in the scar of that circumcision. In such a way, God gave them his word of promise through circumcision. God blessed those who were circumcised according to his promise and he acknowledged them as Abraham's descendants. On the other hand, he declared that those who were not circumcised were not Abraham's descendants. As a matter of fact, Abraham is a very important person to the Israelites. He is more important than Moses. The Israelites may not remember Noah or Shem or Seth or Methuselah, but they all remember Abraham. They all acknowledge Abraham as their father and respect him. Since the Israelites have respected Abraham to this day, God's covenant with Abraham is still effective. The Israelites' notion of chosen people. That is why, in the minds of the Israelites, there is a belief that they are the descendants of Abraham and God's chosen people. They believe that they have the scars of circumcision, and therefore, God is their God and they are his people. We call it the Israelites' notion of chosen people. Because of this belief that God chose them, they would fight against the whole world to the bitter end. They think that they could win whatever enemy comes against them because they are the people of God. In fact, the Israelites have this faith in their hearts. God has promised that he will make us fruitful, that he will protect us and that he will be our God. Since he gave his word to Abraham, our father, this promise is valid even to us. Since it is God's own promise, he will protect me. This is the reason that they continue to fight, ignoring the sanction of the UN. To be precise, the Palestinians are also the descendants of Abraham. However, the Israelites attack the Palestinians as soon as they spot them. It is because they believe that only they are the descendants of Abraham, the chosen ones. Then where did this fight originate from? As you know, Abraham had a wife and a concubine. God said to Abraham, Through the child from your wife Sarah, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. Only those who are from your body will I count as my people. And God kept his promise and gave Abraham a child through his wife Sarah. But the son who was born from Sarah's maid Hagar had offspring as well and they are today's Palestinians. Even though both of these two peoples are the offspring of Abraham, the Israelites still fight with the Palestinians saying, You are not the legitimate descendants of Abraham. Only we who were born from Abraham's legal wife are his descendants. Since God said that only those who are born from Sarah are the legitimate descendants of Abraham, they despise the Palestinians and keep on fighting with them. We need to realise how such a faith makes them invincible. The words spoken by God himself are always valid to eternity. To this moment, his words are effective.
Therefore, there is no nation that can stand against the Israelites who have such a strong faith. In 1967, Israel waged a war against Arabs and within six days they defeated the surrounding Arabic countries. Arabs gave in to Israel completely. The country with a very small population swept the Arabs aside. What do you think made the country so powerful? It was their faith in the word of God. They think in their heart that other people are not the same as them, even though they are all humans. They hold the belief that only they are God's people and others are not. To tell you the truth, their faith is still biblically valid. God did give his promise to Abraham and his descendants that he would be the God of Abraham and his descendants. That covenant is still effective as long as they are circumcised. I bet no one among the Israelites was left uncircumcised at that time. Those who were not circumcised probably did not get any respect. They were probably too embarrassed to go to a public shower room. But if they were not circumcised, the covenants given to the Israelites would no longer be valid. God's True People The Word of God is the truth in reality as well as it is spiritual. God said to Abraham, I will be God to you and your descendants. Be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. Then I will be your God and the God of your descendants. I will bless you. Likewise, he also became our God in the time of the New Testament, just as he had promised. Whoever believes that all their sins were taken away by Jesus when he was baptised by John the Baptist is one of the descendants of Abraham and God's people. You and I are these special people to whom God said he would be God to them. Why did God command Moses to make the screen gates of the tabernacle and its veil woven of blue, purple and scarlet thread and fine woven linen? This was the revelation of his covenant that the Lord would come to this world, be baptised at the age of 30 to take over the sins of the world, die on the cross and rise again from the dead. This was God's promise that he would remit all the sins away of those who believe in Jesus Christ, who came by the water, baptism and the blood on the cross and that he would make them his people. God said that he would be the God to those who believe in the truth of the blue, purple and scarlet thread and fine woven linen. He promised us that he would be our God and that he would save us, protect us and bless us as long as we believe in this truth. As mentioned, to believe God's word of promise is spiritual circumcision. Such circumcision should be done to our hearts. In other words, we need to cut off the sins from our hearts by faith. By faith we should profess our faith saying, My sins were cut off and handed over to Jesus when he was baptised by John the Baptist. He bore all my sins, received punishment on the cross instead of me and saved me from the judgment of those sins. So he made me one of his sinless people. 
In other words, whoever has been spiritually circumcised by such a faith becomes one of God's true people. We who believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit are indeed God's people. You and I are truly God's people. God appeared before Abraham and gave him a promise. I will make your people fruitful. I will make you prosper. I will give you the land of Canaan. Kings of nations will rise from you. In the end times, I will raise throughout the world a great number of people who have received the remission of sins by believing in the truth of the blue, purple and scarlet threads and fine woven linen. As the Old Testament says, those who have received the remission of sins by believing in the truth of the blue, purple and scarlet threads and fine woven linen are truly God's royal family and his children. God said to Abraham, kings of nations will rise from you. He promised that through his descendants, kings would rise up all over the world. What does this mean? It means many people all over the world will receive the remission of sins and become kings of this world before God. This is true. Regardless of gender, whoever believes in this true gospel is a king of this world. All of us are God's people. Those who do not believe in the Lord will perish, but we will enter the kingdom of God and enjoy glory and wealth forever. Therefore, it is proper that we, the children of God, can call ourselves kings. God promised us that he would give us the land of Canaan. This means that he would grant us the kingdom of heaven. He promised Abraham, kings shall come from you, and I will give the land of Canaan to you and your descendants. Just as he promised, God has actually given us the land of Canaan, that is, heaven. He gave us this perfect God-created place where there is no evil, no sadness, no pain, but rather is filled with glory, joy and blessings and lacks nothing. So whoever wants to go to heaven as a descendant of Abraham must believe in the baptism that Jesus Christ received when he came to this world. This is very important. Jesus Christ is the King of all kings who came in purple robes. He is the King of the universe and its creator. He is the only begotten Son of God but came to this earth to bear all our sins through his baptism in obedience to his Father's will. He took over all our sins and completely cut them off from us. He bore the punishments for all our sins, delivered us from those sins and adopted us as his very own people. God's Son and God himself accomplished all and saved us wholly. So those who do not believe in this truth can never be the descendants of Abraham. Everyone who belonged to Abraham's family, including Abraham himself, was circumcised in obedience to this word of God. God said that anyone who was bought with money must also be circumcised. 
No matter who he was, whoever was circumcised by faith in the covenant of circumcision could receive God's blessings. Whoever becomes God's child by being circumcised by faith, receives blessings, goes to heaven and lives as kings even on this earth. This was the blessing of God which was promised to Abraham. However, most Christians nowadays have never been circumcised spiritually. They do not believe that their sins were removed by the baptism of Jesus, but they just believe in Jesus who was crucified. Such a wrong faith prevents them from becoming God's children. Since they are not circumcised spiritually, their sins still remain intact in their hearts. They cannot become God's people because they do not have the mark of circumcision that shows their sins were cut off from their hearts. We should believe in God's word just as it is. If you believe in Jesus Christ without believing in his baptism by John the Baptist, can you still be saved from all your sins? Can you become God's children without believing in his baptism? Can you still go to heaven? Can you still become the royal family spiritually on this earth? To these questions I can clearly say no without any hesitance. God said in Genesis chapter 17 that if you do not believe in the baptism of Jesus Christ, you cannot be his people. God's covenant with Abraham is the same as today's covenant that God saves those who believe in the baptism Jesus received and his blood on the cross. This is not a religious doctrine. This is not a doctrine we made up. This truth becomes even clearer when we just talk about this from God's word. So many people nowadays misunderstand this truth because of their own thoughts and their own askew denominational doctrines. Therefore, you should not blindly believe in and follow such a doctrine saying, Jesus has saved me anyway. You should rather set aside your thoughts and believe in God's word just as it is. Jesus Christ said to his disciples, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Mark chapter 8 verse 34 If you really want to believe in and obey God, you must believe in the exact word of promise that God gave to Abraham just as it is. Today, whoever wants to become one of God's people should believe in the word of salvation just as it is. Every truth seeker should believe in the work of salvation as it was accomplished by Jesus Christ. This Saviour Jesus came to this earth, took all our sins away by being baptised and shed his blood on the cross. When you do not believe in the word of the Lord like this, you will never be saved. Someone said that his sins disappeared when he was praying all night on the top of a mountain, just lamenting over his sins. But such a thing can never bring you salvation. It is self-deception. Such people are indulging themselves in a religious life, so we should leave them alone. They make up their own formula of salvation and believe it, so what can we say? We have nothing to say to such people. 
God explicitly said, The uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenants. Genesis chapter 17 verse 14. God said that he would save us through circumcision. Likewise, God promised that he would accept those who are born again by the gospel of the water and the spirit as his children. Put differently, he promised that those who have faith in the baptism Jesus Christ received and his blood on the cross would become his children. Therefore, those who only believe in the blood on the cross without believing in his baptism cannot become God's children. They will be destroyed because they do not believe in the word of promise and continue to rebel against God. They will be cut off from God's people and will be subject to a curse. As I was writing the sermons on the tabernacle, this thought came to my mind. If these saints who believed in the gospel of the water and the spirit were not with me, I could not have shared any deep thoughts. This is true. I can talk about God's word more deeply only if my listeners have the fundamental faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit. Listening to my sermons without such faith, everything will sound like a theory. Since you believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, you can understand what I am saying and then I can also deal with more profound issues of the scriptures. I become frustrated when I meet people who claim to have been saved by believing in Jesus just anyway. God gave his word to Abraham and to his descendants, saying, My covenant will be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. God said his covenant is in our flesh. Then where do we have this sign that we have received the remission of sins? We have the sign in our hearts. We have become God's children by being circumcised spiritually when we believed in the baptism of Christ. We have handed all our sins over to Jesus by believing that the Lord bore all our sins through his baptism. We became sinless and holy children of God by believing that Jesus carried all our sins to the cross, died there and rose again to save us. Dear fellow believers, do you have any sins left? No, you don't. This is an amazing but certain truth of God. The spiritually circumcised are the descendants of Abraham. The reason I keep on bringing Moses and Abraham into my sermons is that most Israelis think more highly of them than Jesus Christ. This is one way they can understand the truth better. If I leave them out, they won't listen wholeheartedly, thinking to themselves, as far as the tabernacle goes, I know it better than you do. Then I will have nothing to say. But we should not neglect the Israelis because they have the history of giving sacrifice to God. Abraham became God's child by believing in the word of God. When God said he would be the God of those who are circumcised, Abraham was blessed by believing in his word. 
If Abraham's faith was counted for righteousness by God, we too can be recognised as the righteous and blessed by believing in his word. We have become his children by believing in this spiritual circumcision, that is, by believing in the baptism and the blood of Jesus Christ. How have we become God's children and become sinless? It was through this spiritual circumcision. We received the remission of sins because we believed in the baptism and the blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, we have been born again by believing that Jesus took all our sins and bore the punishment for them to accomplish the gospel of the water and the spirit. Therefore, you need to know your spiritual identity. You and I are spiritually circumcised people by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. We are the circumcised, God's very own people and his children. We are the kings who will reign over all creatures and enjoy the glory. This is what we really are. But do not walk around saying, I am a king. Those who do not know the truth will call you crazy. The world may not know our real identity and status, but we know who we are. We know that we are God's people and kings of the millennial kingdom. I want you to be aware of your identity at all times. Our Identity Even though I do not have much to boast of, I still walk tall in front of people. I look down on famous religious leaders in this world. I do so in my mind as well as in my actions. I despise them. If they show signs and wonders, I regard this as trickery. I say this bluntly without any doubt or hesitation. I feel greatly offended when those religious people come to me and regard me as their colleague. In such a time, I tell them this. How can I be like you? I am fundamentally different to you. I do not do this to God's people and his servants, but I despise those who have not received the remission of sins. They are fundamentally different to me. Abraham was different from the people of this world and so were his descendants. The same is true of the Israelites when they are compared to the Gentiles. They still are different from any other Gentiles. Why is that so? It is because they believe that they are the descendants of Abraham and God's people. Of course, I am not saying they are justified to attack other people and despise others as long as they belong to God. I just believe that those who curse God's people will be cursed and those who bless God's people will be blessed. I am not telling you that we are better than others. I wanted to emphasise that the blessings given to Abraham were based on circumcision. God said that Abraham and his descendants would be his people when they were circumcised, otherwise they would be the people of the devil. Fortunately, we became the descendants of Abraham by being circumcised spiritually by faith. We became God's children by faith. By faith we have been blessed and will go to heaven. Now I see by faith a lot of people receiving the remission of sins all over the world. I see God's servants rising up. 
God certainly promised that he would make Abraham's descendants prosper. Just as God promised that Abraham's descendants will be as many as the stars in the sky, countless souls that have received the remission of sins are rising up all over the world. Therefore, we need to work by faith. We are working by faith because we are the faith-oriented saints. We cannot but exalt God by faith. Since we know the promised blessings will come true, we thank God by faith. I am a very blessed person. We are all blessed people. Some people may ask, if what you believe is the truth, why do you have such a small congregation? But we are not just a secular church who welcomes every Jack and Jill to increase the size of a congregation. We are God's church. You are God's people and I am God's servants. Not everyone can come to this church and become God's people. I heard that not everyone can become an Israeli. Whoever wants to be an Israeli must go through a DNA test to become a Jewish citizen. Every word of God's covenant comes true in reality. No word of God is invalid. God told us to spread the gospel all over the world and it will come true as well. When we obey his command, he will do the rest to accomplish it. So all we need to do is to work by faith. God said, you and your descendants shall be circumcised so that my covenants will be in your flesh. I will then bless you and become your God. Dear fellow believers, please bear this in your mind. God's covenant given to Abraham is the promise that he would be God to those who believe in the baptism and the blood of Christ, the truth of the blue, purple and scarlet thread and fine woven linen. You should realise how amazing this promise is. I thank God that we have been blessed in his covenants. We will see God's glory when we have faith in his word. Have you also been circumcised in your heart? I am sure you have. I am very hopeful that numerous people all over the world will receive the remission of sins through you. I believe that several thousand times as many as now will be saved. Of course, there will be some hardship but I believe that God will fulfil his work when we pray to him for help and work by faith. When we serve God and live without faith, we can't see his glory, but when we live by faith, we will surely see his glory. You are God's people too. I want you to believe this. I want you to believe that you are now God's people and the spiritually circumcised if you believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. We need to live by faith as we pray to God, then God will surely help us out. The word of God confirms the fact that we became his children. There are so many evidences in his word that we have become God's children. We also have this evidence in our heart that we are his children. Since God has blessed us with so many things, I would like to do his work for the rest of my life. 
Of course, I know very well that there are a lot of persecutors and slanderers who are standing against us. What is worse, there are some servants of God who have become inert and follow their own desires and thoughts. But remember this, despite these things, now is the time to preach the gospel. We must work while we can. Economic experts in the world warn us that Korea will have a second economic depression. They had warned us before we had the IMF crisis. We ignored them but eventually surrendered our financial sovereignty to the IMF. In the past, our people used to have savings but people nowadays tend to enjoy spending. Even though our economic condition is worsening, many Koreans are rushing into trips abroad. I am afraid that we will face another IMF control of the Korean economy. You and I should not follow these currents. We the preachers of the gospel should tighten our belts, gird our minds and live by faith to the day that the gospel is spread to the ends of the world. God said whether we drink or eat, we should do it for his glory. So we should focus our hearts on the gospel work in our daily lives. When we do this, God will give us great rewards and let us enjoy the everlasting wealth in his eternal kingdom. I am so happy to preach the gospel of the water and the spirit. I would feel empty and bored if I did not work for the gospel or if I did not dedicate my whole life to this gospel. I am very happy that I can preach the gospel of the Lord in this way. We still need to pray and put our hearts into the work of publishing mission books for God. Our prayers to God mean a lot. God hears every prayer and answers them when his children gather together and pray by faith. God will provide us with what we need. God answers all our prayers as long as we seek to live by his will. So let's pray and live by faith for the rest of our lives. I am very happy. Are you happy too? I don't think there is anybody who is happier than I am. I am healthy and I have so many fellow workers of faith. I encourage you to keep on serving the gospel. Then you will see what I am saying. The psalmist wrote, What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Psalm chapter 116 verse 12. I also have the same gratification towards God. I always wonder how I can repay God's blessings. In an attempt to return his grace, I am preaching the gospel wholeheartedly, but it is not without its challenges. However, I tried not to be so concerned with this. I just thank God for allowing me to do such a wonderful work of preaching the gospel which God wanted everyone to do. Remember that God said we should first seek his kingdom and his righteousness. So live for him and his gospel and pray for this cause as you live out your faith. God then will bless you. He cannot help blessing you. He cannot help but to protect you. What is God's blessing? To live for the gospel is his blessing. His blessings do not guarantee the wealth of this earth. 
but the guaranteed blessing is to live a peaceful and worthwhile life as we serve the gospel. I want you to live by faith. Thank you, Lord. Do you also thank God?